Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of the astrology forecast with 2023. We are still in conversation with Allison Jones. Full disclosure, we recorded part one like two weeks ago. It is, what day is it today? It's November 15th. You guys are going to be listening to this sometime in December. So you might, there might be a little bit of overlap, but she definitely goes into what happens in the second part of the year. Um, so enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to part two of the astrology weather forecast of 2023. I'm going to have Allison Jones kick it off and she's going to tell us basically the rest of the year. <laughs> Take it away. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me back. And uh, if you're listening to this, thanks for tuning in to the, the second half. And um, we'll, I'm going to do my best to not repeat anything I said last time. Mm -hmm. There's a chance that that could happen, but I figure if I don't remember saying it, then you might not remember hearing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so hopefully we're all, we're all good. Maybe, maybe if I say something again, it was meant to be uh, spoken twice, right? right? Like it's that important, right? right. So, yeah. So in, in the, the first episode, we definitely spent all, most of that time talking about pretty much like the first half of the year of 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I don't, well, just to, I, a couple little like highlights to summarize. I mean, some of the, some of the things that happened in that first half of the year, we get a three month period with no retrogrades. Yay. We, you probably remember that if you heard the first episode. So from January 22nd to April 21st, all major planets will be in direct motion. Um, we've got a couple key planets changing signs in 2023. So last time we did talk about the fact that Saturn will move from Aquarius to Pisces on March 7th. Yep. Uh, we will have Jupiter beginning the year in Aries. Then Jupiter will move into Taurus on May 16th. That is probably approximately where we left off in that first episode. So just to recap, Jupiter in Taurus is really good for all things abundance and manifestation. Um, Taurus represents the, the bounty of the earth. And Jupiter, it always acts like a amplifier wow. yes and, and it will expand kind of whatever it touches so i really like that we get about seven months of 2023 with jupiter in taurus and then a couple weeks after jupiter enters taurus it's going to make a conjunction with the north node um, and so just to recap on the nodes for anyone who's like, what were, you know, what were those again? There's a north node and a south node. These are the points of intersection where the sun's path uh, intersects with the moon's path. Overall, the north node is about the future and where we're going and the upcoming lessons, you know, that were, that we need to learn. Um, the North node will be still in Taurus on, so this is on June 1st, 2023, June 1st, Jupiter will conjunct the North node in Taurus. Um, the North node has been in Taurus since January of 2022. So it's kind of nearing the end of its, 
of its time in Taurus because the nodes stay in a pair of signs for about a year and a half before they move on. So I would say that that June 1st conjunction between Jupiter and the North Node in Taurus is kind of like one of the, the last big, mm, the last hurrah, let's say, of the North Node in Taurus, the South Node in Scorpio, the opposite. Um, that could, I think that that could sort of accelerate our learning, our growth. I think we've already been sort of in this time of um, people becoming more conscious, if mm -hmm. that makes sense, right? Like that's, yeah. so, this is sort of like a thing that's happening on the planet. So I feel like that June 1st conjunction will sort of accelerate that. And then it's not too long after that, that the nodes change signs. And I'm, I'm, oh, we lost her. <clears throat> She'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> the nodes are going to shift to Aries and Libra. Okay. Aries and Libra. So now, so starting July 17th of next year, we have a new year and a half period where the nodes are in a new set of signs, Aries and Libra. Ooh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. 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 That means. Let's <laughs> tell, exactly. Let's talk about it. So one thing I want to say first is that usually any eclipses in, you know, in any given year, most of the time eclipses will occur in the same signs as the nodes, but Sometimes an eclipse can occur in the sign right next door. Like if the nodes are getting kind of close to changing, we could have an eclipse, you know, sneak in in the sign kind of right, be right before it. Mm -hmm. um, so the, like I said, the nodes will enter Aries and Libra July 17th, but three months before that, we have kind of a, surprise eclipse in Aries even though the north node will technically be in Taurus we're sort of getting this like preview of what it's going to feel like you know when the nodes shift to Aries Libra so yeah. that is April 20th I feel like we might have mentioned this last time but April 20th is a new moon solar eclipse in Aries 29 degrees remember that yeah 29 degrees so that's going to kind of start to inject like a little bit of a new energy, a little bit of a new, a new flavor. Um, and as we shift more to focusing on this Aries Libra polarity, what that will bring up is really the balance between like me, you know, the individual, the individual's needs, desires, independence, and then being in a relationship, the we, the balance between the me and the we. So Aries is all about the individual and independence. Libra is all about relationship and compromise and balance. So that's going to start to become, you know, a, a sort of a bigger and bigger theme as we get more and more into 2023. Uh, we will have the first eclipse in Libra on October 14th. 
Mm. So that, you know, that's in the fall. Yeah. That, so October 14th is a Libra new moon, partial solar eclipse. Um, and, and so in 2023, we have one eclipse in Aries, one in Libra. There are two more eclipses. So the last one in Scorpio and the last one in Taurus. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of, yeah. And then we sort of move out from, from those lessons. And, and as we then get into 2024, it's like Aries and Libra will be even more sort of front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Cool is so I know, you know, I obviously do human design. Um, So in human design, there is like earth itself is in um, there's there's a part of your human design called your incarnation cross and each individual has their own incarnation cross and it's it's factored by where the sun and the earth were the moment you were born and three months before you were born and so these Mm. points in human design give you these kind of um aspects of consciousness that you just naturally have. So for me, my incarnation cross is all about bringing community together and using my enthusiasm to share what I'm interested in with that community, bringing them together. Like that's my, it's called the incarnation Mm. cross, the cross of planning, which is mine. So earth has its own incarnation cross that it's moving through. And earth has been in the cross of the planning, just, which is funny. Cause that's also my cross, but earth itself <laughs> has been in the cross of the planning for, um, I think over 2000 years. And Whoa. all of that has been about planning, building structures, building systems, building. It's really been all about people, like bringing the people together, having a system in 2027, earth is moving out of the cross of the planning and into the cross of the rising Phoenix. Holy moly. The cross of the rising Phoenix is all about, you know what the rising Phoenix is. It's, it's like you're broken down and then you rise from the ashes and it's really all about the individual. And so as you're sharing these nodes and like what people are, it's like me versus we, how do I figure this out? It really is so eloquently like, building up our energy, our awareness, our consciousness for what the earth is, is going to be, is going to be happening in 2027. And it, what I'm really hearing is Mm -hmm. that these nodes and everything, it's really just about like figuring out where am I in all of this? Totally. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just think that's so, wow. How like, these are two totally separate systems, but they're really overlapping. I just wanted to, that's such a good point. Point that out. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. I, I want to be in the rising Phoenix now. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I love coming. that. That's so cool. Mm. And it's wow. all about just like the it's all about really like the individual and like what you're here to bring and like how you bring the light and how you're mm. creating. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's and we're seeing fascinating. We're seeing systems crumble, but also we're really seeing people resist the systems crumbling like yes, that's we the are. moment that we're in we're just in the moment of the crumbling that's true that's so true and there's a couple key uh planets that do change signs around 2026 2027 so that's kind of interesting as well like we'll have um we'll have the, you back the, for that <laughs> exactly so five in five years or whatever but yeah but 
just just to kind of put in your long-term calendar, you know, the Comet Chiron, which is nicknamed the Wounded Healer, has been in Aries since 2019. In 2027, Chiron will shift to Taurus, and Chiron spends like around eight years or so in one sign. So that's sort of a big deal. We've also had Neptune in Pisces since 2010. Neptune moves very slow. Um, and I believe it's also tw either 2026 or 2027 that Neptune will move on into Aries. Mm. And then the last one that's going to change is Uranus. Uranus has been in Taurus since 2019. And it's 2026 or 27 where it goes to Gemini. So get ready. Christy is a Gemini son, right? <laughs> and all of those planets that you just mentioned are the outer planets, which outer. from what I understand, the outer planets are really about society. Yeah. Like, like a more macro level. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Woo girl. I that know. is so potent. Okay. Tell us. Right. So, so we'll be, stay tuned for five years from now, but any, anyway, that, yeah, back to 2023. Basically, start working on yourself now. <laughs> So that you are ready for this shift in humanity. Like we need you. That would be a good thing. Exactly. So, yeah. So as we, as we are creeping more towards the second half of the year, we start to have sort of one by one, the various planets going retrograde. And some of you might have noticed this pattern. Like why are all the planets always retrograde as we get into the summer? Um, it's that has just, sort of happened like they, they all each planet has its own kind of timeline and cycle and how often it goes retrograde but but for the last few years they have been in sort of this loop this consistent pattern where the bulk of the planets are retrograde in the summer mm -hmm. um so the one of the the really the one that sort of kicks things off is actually a little bit earlier in the spring it's may 1st it's pluto so pluto may 1st Mm -hmm. uh, will be the first one to go retrograde. Pluto as the, you know, basically the furthest planet in our solar system, it is subtle. It's retrograde is more subtle than say Mercury, which kind of everybody, everybody knows about Mercury, right? So yeah. Pluto, you're, Pluto, you're not going to feel it like it, as, as kind of acutely, it'll be there in the background. You know, a Pluto retrograde is, a time where you might be more inclined to do some deep inner work. You might be more inclined to do some sort of shadow work or um, some kind of deep dive into your motives, your mindset, your even even things like your childhood and that how that could be affecting you in the present. You know that that kind of thing. So, um, also, I know we talked about this last time. Pluto will give us a preview of what it's going to be like in Aquarius because it's kind of get, getting to that point where it's going to be toggling between Capricorn and Aquarius for a little mm -hmm. while before it gets permanently into Aquarius for almost 20 years. Um, March 23rd, it will shift into Aquarius. It'll stay there until June 11th then it backslides um, into Capricorn for the for the rest of the year. But yeah, so Pluto, Pluto retrograde, I would say with um, this will be the second to last time 
that Pluto is in Capricorn, like when it when it goes retrograde in 2023, that could also sort of take people on a journey of really getting honest with themselves about their career and their life purpose. Capricorn oversees those things. So it's like, you know, yeah, if you've been kind of if you've been really wanting to make a change with your business, your career, but you've been kicking the can down the road, you know, by next spring, summer, when Pluto's retrograding Capricorn, that's going to sort of force you to really, yeah, ask yourself maybe one more time, like, you know, what is it costing me to keep putting this off? You know, like, what what is it costing me to, to, to not embark on this ch- uh, change or transition? So yeah. yeah, so Pluto kind of leads the way with the retrograde season. Then the next one is Saturn. So that is June 17th. June 17th, Saturn will begin its retrograde. Um, well, both Pluto and Saturn retrograde once a year. So it's not, you know, it's not uncommon. Um, Saturn rules some of the things that we were just mentioning. Career, business, your life purpose also rules karma. Sometimes Saturn is known as like the Lord of karma, Mm. you know, the whole kind of like what goes around comes around, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Saturn is also about long-term goals, long-term investments. So I think that coupled with Pluto being retrograde at the same time, definitely could have people really evaluating like, yeah, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, does this really feel like what I'm here in this lifetime to do? Or, or, you know, have I been kind of hiding from what my true purpose is or denying, you know, kind of maybe what my true purpose is. So, so that could be, that could be interesting. Um, We get to the end of June, June 30th, and now Neptune is going retrograde. Neptune's another one that's, you know, very, it's very far away. It is subtle. Um, Neptune represents things like spirituality, dreams, psychic ability, um, sort of the existential questions mm. of life. The um, woo. When it's, the, yeah, kind of the woo. I love, I love it. Yeah, the woo. You know, one of the things that can happen with Neptune retrograde is it it also rules fog. And sometimes that translates to mentally, a mental fog, sort of feeling like, yeah, maybe things are not as clear right now. And it, and I, I sort of liken it to, it's like we shift from the left brain to the right. Things are not necessarily as like, linear, logical, cut and dry, you know, like with Neptune retrograde, it's like, we kind of go into that artsy, mm. creative, and, and that's cool. You know, I think, I, I think that it, you know, we might, mm, how should I say this? Like, because our society has just valued, like, you know, masculine energy, productivity, like all, all the time, it's like Neptune retrograde at first can sound like, oh man, you know, but it actually could be a really good time for like, the arts and, and the spiritual arts, the healing, healing arts, any creative endeavors. Um, yeah. So, so that takes us to that's June 30th. Then we keep creeping a little more into the summer now. July 22nd, now Venus is going retrograde. 
Venus retrogrades a little bit less often, only like once every 18 months. So 2022, she, we might've started January with her retrograde. I'd have to double check, but for the bulk of 2022, she was direct. Mm -hmm. So now July 22nd, 2023, she's going to retrograde in Leo. And, and so if we think about that for a moment, you know, first of all, Venus is about um, romance, intimacy, connection, um, where the, the sign that somebody has Venus in, in their, in their birth chart can kind of shed some light on what their like love language might be, or their preferred, you know, <laughs> love I'm language. Because my Venus is in Gemini and I'm so words of affirmation, like, <laughs> I, I tell my, my husband, like, I want to talk to you and I want you to use at least 10 words and three sentences in your response back to me. Like, like, uh, is not going to cut it. Like I need more. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's so good. I need to look and see where his Venus is. I was going to ask you, do you know? Okay. Okay. So very, yeah, it, it really is true. Like I would nine times out of 10, you know, when I'm talking with someone about their venus uh it really does correlate to their love language yeah i mean so you know so venus rules that venus rules beauty aesthetics um also finances so venus in leo is like i love big i love boldly i love out loud you know like venus venus in leo venus in leo is like i want you to shout on the rooftops like how much you love me you know I want to be the center I want to feel like I'm the center of your universe <laughs> like yeah. I'm the those are like those are like the people like when you're describing this Venus and Leo people like they're the ones that like put like the flowers all over the bed and like yeah okay okay yes. okay yes big displays lavish yeah lavish displays of affection like the the opulent the um you know and and also just really loving that sort of celebrating of one's personality like you know it, like the, there could be words of affirmation but it's like I want I want to hear how special and unique I am <laughs> you know with Venus and Leo so um yeah and and you know so we, for for the individual we'd want to look at like okay where do you have Leo in your chart you know and so we'd we'd be we'd watch Venus moving backwards in that sector but overall, I think one of the sort of lessons or the themes will will be um, kind of similar to all of this stuff with the North Node going into Aries, which is a fellow fire sign. Like Aries and Leo are pretty compatible. You know, they're both fire. But but Leo has a similar thing about celebrating the individual. Mm-hmm. Like Leo is is about what makes you unique and special, like what your unique gifts are. So it could be a time where you're sort of asking yourself, like, do my romantic relationships um, kind of help me continue to blossom and enhance like who I am? Or is it like sucking the life out of me, you know, or, or um, yeah. And, and are, you know, is, are my romantic relationships really celebrating who I am? Or are they trying to get me to conform to you know what they want want me to be you know I feel like those are some questions that could come up and so Venus will actually be in retrograde from um, July 22nd to September 3rd 
Okay. Oh, yeah, of 2023. So um, I have a question. Just a yes. Little. So, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, my husband's Venus is in Taurus. Oh, you looked it up. Woo! Okay. Yeah, I have his chart on my phone. Um, but my North Node is in Leo. So, with Venus going retrograde oh. in Leo, is is that gonna just have me question like am I showing up enough am I celebrating myself enough am I adorning myself enough like am I is that kind of how that's gonna show up about right yeah Yeah. that definitely sounds right to me yeah yeah and and with it not to get too much into his chart but with Venus and Taurus it's like if, if they're happy as a clam with like a good meal maybe a little rubbing their shoulders and it's like that's it they're like they just yeah, it's like that kind of creature comfort, like, yeah, just just stroke me, <laughs> give me a good a good meal and you give me know, a good stroking. Comfy, I'll tell him comfy, you said that. He'll love that. He'll be like exactly what I need. <laughs> yeah, so it's like tactile, just kind of kind of tactile, carnal pleasures, fit you know, the physical everything, like is you know, massage, food. Mm the five senses, like that's kind of a big deal, Venus and Taurus. They, they don't need to hear in three sentences how awesome, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a different kind of Meanwhile, a different thing. Meanwhile, my Venus yeah. and Gemini is like, I need you to say words to me. I, I love it. I, lo- I, I get it. I totally and, get that. And by the way, just to the listeners, this is why I love astrology is because prior to learning about this, I would have thought my husband just didn't care. Mm. And this is why, like, this is why I recommend mothers to get astrology readings with you on their child is because this just really tells us about our nature. And so now I understand Mm. it's just not in my husband's nature to be so words of affirmation-y. And I really get to show him how he wants to be loved the way he wants to be loved. Yeah. You know, cause I can tell him, I tell him all day. I'm like, Oh my God, I appreciate you. I, this, I, that. And it's just like, "Eh." But like, <laughs> I give, really, honestly, but if I give him I a know. shoulder rub, right? he's very acts of service. Okay. Which is, okay. Which is Venus and Taurus. That makes okay, sense too. That does make sense too with the earth, earth sign. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, cool. So one day after Venus starts her retrograde, Chiron, it goes retrograde. Dun, dun, dun. So it's like, we just keep racking up how many are in retrograde, you know? So this is July 23rd, 2023. Chiron, it's still in Aries. Uh, so now Chiron will be be retrograde too. I think Chiron and Venus overlapping with their retrogrades together could certainly, I think, um, exacerbate this a little bit more. Like the Chiron in Aries is the wound of the individual. And what I mean by that, it can kind of play out in a couple of ways. It could be the wound of never prioritizing yourself, never putting yourself first, struggling to kind of be independent and like assert your needs. That's one manifestation of it. Another manifestation of Chiron and Aries is F everybody. I don't Mm. need anyone. Screw Mm. you. I'm never asking for help. I don't care. I got to do it all by myself. You know, like I do everything by myself. <laughs> Toxic individualism. Like, yes, and, yes. And for women, because I know a lot of women listen to this, that also is going to show up as like a wounded masculine. Like, like, oh, yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. So that'll be an interesting focal point for, you know, as we get into July and August with both Venus and Chiron retrograde in fire signs and fire overall is a quote unquote masculine element, mm -hmm. you know, of, of the four elements, the fire and the air are said to be yang or solar, right. Or, or masculine, uh, the earth and the water are then the yin or the lunar or the feminine, whatever terms, you know, you feel comfortable using. So, so yeah, I feel like that, that could really shed the light on, yeah. Like, am I out of balance? And, you know, with, you know, am I, are my kind of internal masculine and feminine energies? Like, yeah, is one sort of really out of whack here? And how is that affecting my romantic relationships? Mm. Right. Um, and so also, that, that's like a whole topic, right? But go ahead, Christy. Yeah, yeah. I really also want to just talk to when all of these planets are in retrograde, it's like, there's nothing to do, right? It's more about reflecting and reviewing yes. and realigning yes. and refocusing. And yeah. so, yeah. So right now Mars is in retrograde and a lot right. of people that's in my I'm life thinking. are like, oh, this is happening. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't think there's anything you need to actually do except really observe what's coming up mm -hmm. and then be really gentle and loving with yourself as you ask yourself, is this working for me? Is it not working for me? And that's kind of the gift of a retrograde as far as, as far as I know, I'm just, you're totally correct about that. Yep. Okay. You're totally correct. And you know, it's interesting. Um, when we look at somebody's birth chart, and it's, it's okay if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't, I've never seen a birth chart. I have no idea what, what she's talking about, but basically it's a circle and the planets are in various spots around that circle, like based on the time and the location of your birth. Typically the more that somebody has when they were born on the right side of the chart, right side of the chart is more of the approach of I make life happen. I go out there and I get it. I make it happen. I'm in my masculine. I'm in the doer, you know? And then the more that someone has on the left side of the chart, that is more like a, I wait and see what life brings. You know, I, I, I wait to respond to life. I don't grab life by the horns necessarily. I kind of wait and I watch and I see what life brings me in a way. I, I feel like that is sort of similar to direct planets versus retrograde planets. Like when many of the planets are direct, that's like the right side of the chart. Like get out there and make life happen. Like take the initiative, be bold, do the thing. But then when more of them are retrograde, it's sort of the let's wait and see what life, let's, let's kind of take the more receptive stance, wait and watch and observe, like you were saying, what life brings. So no matter- yeah anybody's chart because I have an app that I was just looking at all my husband and my kids so you're yeah. saying no matter what on anyone's chart if there's a lot of planets on the right side it doesn't matter it's right or that's what you're saying yeah usually that it usually works out it's I mean there's always exceptions but what if there's more it, on the top <laughs> the, okay that's great more oh no Guys, we're in a Mars retrograde, which is wanting to be. But like hopefully, oh, there's Christy. Yeah, yeah. 
the, if, there, if there's more on the top, usually that person is more extroverted. If there's more on the bottom, usually that person is more introverted. Does that correlate? Yes. Oh gosh, we are having internet issues. We're gonna get through See, this. It's Mars. It's Mars retrograde effing with us. I know. <laughs> I know. Um. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And what if it's balanced? What if it's pretty balanced? Then the they might be balanced with those kind yeah. of approaches or yeah. energies. I yeah. was just, so my chart, it's all in the top. Are you an extrovert? I was until the summer. You're a Gemini. Come on. I mean, oh. yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I am naturally an extrovert in this season yeah. of my life. I'm very, I'm very, I'm inward right now. Um, yes. but my daughters like are it. very heavy on the right side. So I'm like, yeah. All right, ladies. Yeah, I know. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> That's awesome. cool. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, so then yeah. Yoga. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. You want me to keep going yep. or you can yep. say something? No, I was just going to say, okay. I was just going to say, let's, let's, All right, let's move it, move this train along. All right. So then of course we can't get away from one, uh, one mercury retrograde in the summer. Like, of course that's going to happen. Right. So that, uh, mercury will retrograde in Virgo, um, August 23rd to September 15th. Uh, there will be, do we, I think we calculated this last time, but let's see, we will start the year with Mercury retrograde, it will go direct on January 19th. Then in the spring, Mercury will retrograde in Taurus on April 21st. Mm-hmm. It's technically its third retrograde mm-hmm. is this one that I'm talking about now in Virgo on August 23rd. Yep. But then we do have one more December 13th. And we finish, basically, we finish out the year with it retrograde going from Capricorn back into Sagittarius. Most of the Mercury retrogrades in 2023 are in Earth signs. And that's always relevant. Like, is Mercury retrograding mostly in water, mostly in fire, mostly in whatever, right? So it's mostly in Earth. So the way that I look at that is, first of all, Mercury rules the mind, all of our thoughts, ideas, words. It rules communication in general, um, technology. Uh, that's why in like short trips, that's why when Mercury's retrograde, some of the cliche things are like, there's extra traffic jams and you're like, what the hell? Or your computer dies all of a sudden, or, or you're like having a conversation and it feels like a twilight zone where you're just like, are they like, they're not hearing what I'm saying or vi- you know, vice versa. Right. But when it's, primarily retrograding in earth signs it's sort of like the you know the element of the earth is really pressing down on the break like any ideas that that we've had it's like it's like now it really gets kind of slowed down even more because it's in earth Mm. um earth is the most dense it's rooted, you know, grounded, stable. It's kind of like a chance to be like, okay, are all these ideas that you've had grounded in reality Mm. or not, you know? And so it might feel extra slow. Like you can, I feel like you can kind of think of Mercury retrograde and earth signs is like, you're literally moving backward, like in mud. (laughs) Yeah. 
right? Versus moving backward in the air or moving backward in the water or in the fire. You know what I, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like those periods of Mercury RX might, it might feel really slow, but it's not without a purpose. Yeah. You know, it's just to kind of course correct. What I'm feeling just intuitively right now, as you say that is the Mercury in the earth signs is really going to ask us to reflect on the words that we're fucking using. And are, yes. they helping, are they helping build what you want to build? Or are they actually tearing other things down? That Definitely. True. Okay. Yep. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So as we keep kind of ticking through the summer, August 28th, now we've got Uranus going retrograde. Um, again, that that's another, you know, kind of outer planet. So it's, it's, it, and, and, and I should say that the impact the energy of any planet is usually quite strong when it's changing directions. Okay. So it's like right at the beginning and the ending of a retrograde, that's kind of, you know, when the planet is most, yeah, most potent and powerful. So Uranus retrograde, uh, August 28th, that's sort of like maybe a time where any upheavals, any huge changes, any, any surprising things that happened, kind of now come under that review and, and introspection. Like, um, okay, wow, we had some big shifts. We had a few things upset the apple cart and now we're kind of gonna take stock in that and, and sort of pause and, and review it. Uh, just a few days later, Jupiter goes retrograde. This is September 4th. Jupiter retrograde, it's like, we could say all the way up until September 4th. Jupiter has been like helping us to expand, grow, amplify, like lots of opportunities coming in. Um, I think that, that again, especially May 16th, once it's in Taurus, I feel like that will be a fruit, very fruitful couple of months. Once Jupiter's retrograde, that could slow down a little. Right. And then it, it does go, Jupiter goes direct on December 30th. So it's like, okay, cool. So we'll, we'll be able to start 2024, you know, kind of with, with Jupiter direct again. Um, and the, yeah, so that, so Jupiter on September 4th is really the last major planet to go retrograde. So now we have, we've got all of them, you know, that that's kind of all the retrogrades right there. One by one, they'll start to go direct. Okay. Pluto. Pluto direct on 1010, uh, Saturn direct on November 4th, Neptune direct on December 6th, Chiron direct December 26th, Jupiter again, December 30th. So, so by the end of the year, most of the planets will be direct again, except we, we will still have Mercury. We'll have Mercury's final retrograde of the year uh, Uranus won't go direct until January, 2024. Um, and I think that's about, about it. The cool thing is Mercury's fourth and final, uh, retrograde mm -hmm. that starts on December 13th. It goes direct right on the new year. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. January 1st, awesome. 2024. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, just looking at my notes, like, did we leave anything out? Do you recall if we talked about the final eclipse in Taurus? It's a Taurus full moon. 
lunar eclipse on October 28th. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. Okay. Okay. So this is probably the, maybe the last like major important thing. October 28th is literally the last eclipse in Taurus that we're going to have for quite some time because the nodes will have shifted, you know, by that point into Aries and Libra. So this is that, this is literally going to be the seventh and final eclipse in either Taurus or Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So that the sort of Taurus Scorpio polarity officially opened up November 21st, 2021. That was the first time we had an eclipse in Taurus. Mm -hmm. Then in 2022, we've had four, two in Taurus, two in Scorpio. Then when we get into 2023 on Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> we have a full moon in Scorpio. That is a partial lunar eclipse. So that's the last one in Scorpio. And then it's October 28th, the Taurus full moon, partial lunar eclipse, last one. So just to, just to sort of recap, Taurus, Scorpio, like what are they all about? It's it's Taurus is about the 3D. You could say you could say this. You could say Taurus is the 3D, Scorpio is the 5D. Mm. Uh, you could say Taurus is the practical, um, the sort of um, down to earth, physical realm, um, really grounded kind of in in the 3D world. And then Scorpio is is the phoenix rising from the ashes. But Scorpio is about the cycles of life, death, rebirth, um, the, the metaphysical, the underworld, the, the, the really the, the murky yes. waters, right? And yeah. kind of in, in sort of like really getting rock bottom honest about like motives, hidden ulterior motives and like what drives people, what drives you. Um, and they both have to do with money. So that's mm -hmm. been a focus, you know, um, finances for sure has come up with Taurus and Scorpio and Taurus rules values, mm -hmm. assessing what's kind of most important to you. Um, so yeah, so that o October 28th is sort of the final wrap up in this, Energy. um, do you yeah. have any recommendations for, um, you know, anything to kind of because it's the last hurrah in that energy for a while, is there anything that you recommend to do or not do or, or think mm. to kind of That's... really extrapolate the gifts that, that energy has? Yeah, that's a great, a great, um, I love that. It's like, I would say a mini funeral. And, and so what I, what some ideas for that, it's like, it could be literally writing a eulogy to your old self like the you that is kind of shedding and dying away and and it can be celebrating like you ah. know the, the girl that I have been for x number of years the the man that I've been for x number of years you know this that and the other thing like writing a eulogy for that per, that person and then you could literally like bury it in your backyard or something like find a little place you you could burn it if you'd rather do that you know you could burn it you could literally like bury it in the ground. Um, and and one thing that could be kind of beautiful is if you did bury it in the ground, if you also planted a seed of some kind there in the soil, because that really sort of captures the whole death, rebirth, 
like dichotomy. That's beautiful. Yeah. That could Um, be a very powerful. Thank you. So I just have one last question and it's kind of a a big one. So um, what aspect this year or coming up 2023 is the one that you think we're going to really feel the most. And so while you think of that, I'm just going to share that I listened to an astrology forecast podcast for 2022, back in the December of 2021. That's what gave me the idea to do this because I listened to this podcast and it really, and I remember there was like a, there were a lot of different things the woman talked about, but what she talked most about, she was like, pay attention. This is, it, I cannot remember exactly what it was, but I know it happened in August of this year and it had to do with Uranus, Taurus, and the North Node. <laughs> and, uh-huh. Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was, yeah. and I know for me, there was a major breakdown, shift, ego, death, dark night of the soul that happened for me. And I know a lot of people that July, Absolutely. August, a lot of shit went down. Yes. So I'm wondering if in your opinion, is there an aspect coming up in 2023 that you think is really like, just, you know, if you're going through the shit, it's because of this. <laughs> exactly. So I would there, I would definitely have to look through all of the aspects in greater detail to fully answer that question because I don't have them kind of all memorized yet like the bit like some of the big ones but what I will say is I am a big fan of conjunctions Mm -hmm. so when there is a prominent conjunction taking place a conjunction is when two things are at the same degree of the same sign it's like they come together and like a bomb goes off basically it's like the the energy of both things like fuses together and creates something like even even bigger and so the one you're describing was literally a conjunction with uranus north node and mars all mm. in taurus it was like july 31st august 1st yeah so that was a big deal i do think that when jupiter forms its conjunction with um the north node in Mm -hmm. Taurus on June 1st that's a a highlight like a marquee you know line uh headliner for 2023 for everyone taking notes June 1st yes June 1st there one other one that I think will be a big deal is um when Jupiter conjuncts Chiron in Aries and I would have to look up on the in an ephemeris exactly when that is. Um, do you want me to take the time to do that now? I know it's going to be in the first half of the year. It'll be. It's probably going to be ballpark um, March ish. Yeah. Jupiter Chiron conjunction in Aries. Also, um, no, that won't happen in twenty twenty three. Never mind. So yeah, those two. The nice thing is something that we've been dealing with for all of 2021 and into 2022 was a series of squares between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus. A square is kind of the most uncomfortable aspect. Yeah, it's itchy. It's 
like these two planets are in signs that are just like I don't even get you you know like I I just don't even you're like an alien to me and yeah. and that's been kind of really fomenting this um unrest between wanting to dig your heels in and stay the same and not not change and kind of have things just be the way that they were you know versus this quest for like let's keep growing and and progressing and we've got to think outside of the box and we really we have to be thinking far into the future and that's the Aquarius piece and the dig your heels in is the Taurus piece Mm -hmm. thank god that those that square has, has finally been you know lessening 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 um and Saturn will go into Pisces March 7th and then it'll be like completely kind of vibe a different vibe yeah so so at least we don't have to deal with that kind of thing in 2023 I do think overall 2023 is a slightly smoother ride really slightly smoother slightly smoother yes all right you heard it smoother still still a bit of a bumpy there ride. are some bumps but but yeah i don't think it'll be quite as rocky as let's say the last three years really since the pandemic began you know um yeah so i feel like we're we're, we're we'll get a little bit of a breather yeah in 2023 beautiful well i want to say thank you for coming onto the show again and thank you so much for having me. Before yeah. we wrap this up, I just want to say to my audience members that astrology is really meant to be a tool. It's not meant to be an excuse. Okay. So mm-hmm. use it as a tool of awareness. Um, use it as a tool to just really understand kind of what's coming up for you, what sort of themes are going to be coming up for you. Um, that way you're not walking through life as a victim or like, why is this happening to me? But more like, oh, okay, this is actually coming up. It's written in the stars. How do I move through this? How can I reflect? How can I make shifts and changes and, and not hate myself during the process? Mm-hmm. That's really what it's all about. And also knowing that you're not the only one going through these transits. It's happening collectively it's yeah. happening to all of us in, in some different way. Also, I want to make note, this is just yeah. really important that I share this because these are the things that I've learned is there could be something going on astrologically, like for instance, uh, the Jupiter and Chiron thing and the way it hits your chart, it could, meaning the moment that you were born is called your natal chart. And depending on how your natal chart is hitting what's going on real time, you might not feel it and your partner could really be feeling it. (laughs) Right. Right. So just understand that not everything is going to affect everyone in the same way. Um, And Allison, just let everyone know how they can find you and, and then we'll wrap this up. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm Allison Chamberlain Jones. That's my name on Facebook and Instagram. It's also my website, AllisonChamberlainJones.com. And um, yeah, I hope that you, whenever you're listening to this, that you have a a peaceful ending of 2022 and a very abundant uh, and fulfilling 2023. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll see you next time. How do I stop recording? Where's the record button? Uh, If you scroll down, does it pull up a bar that has it or something or no?
All right, there you have it. The astrology forecast for 2023. As I said in the content in the uh, actual call, um, astrology is really meant to be a tool of awareness. It certainly isn't meant to be an excuse for why you don't do things or why you behave badly, but it can really inform us about what is going on in the world, what is going on in our lives. If you happen to be in a moment in your life of breakdown or confusion, or there's a really big theme presenting itself, usually astrology can point to the why and the how and the when and the where and all of that stuff. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation, you can find Allison Jones. Um, I will link her info here in the show notes. And I also want to invite all of you into a masterclass that her and I are going to be teaching together. It's going to be January 24th from noon till two. It's understand your child through astrology and human design. This is going to be a two hour masterclass teaching you the parent what parts of the astrology chart you want to look at with your kids and what pieces of their human design you want to look at to better parent them, to help them become who they are meant to be in this world, to find ease in your relationship, to have more flow, to have a better relationship. This is really a huge piece of the puzzle of raising a child who's happy, who's fulfilled. Um, this is a really big piece. So if you've never looked at your child's human design or astrology chart, and you're really looking for ways to understand them better, to work with them. Maybe you often feel frustrated by them. Maybe they're not doing great in school. Maybe they have a certain personality trait that keeps you know, getting them in trouble or something. If that falls into any sort of category that you've been um, thinking about with your child, I really invite you into this masterclass. The investment is only $44. You're going to leave with so much information um, that's really going to help change the game with how you parent them. And I can tell you from personal experience, knowing my two children's natal charts and human design has made a huge difference in how I parent them. So I want to invite you into that. The link will be here in the show notes. Um, you can visit me on Instagram, when hustle meets flow to um, find the link as well. It's, it's going to be in my bio, or you can go visit Allison Jones um, on her website and you can sign up there as well. All right, guys, see you in the new year.